Welcome. It's another episode of Illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read a book. I watched a TV show. This week we're doing Nancy Drew. I didn't read all the books. There's a billion. Don't lie to us. We know you read every single one. <laughs> That's all I did this Oh, week. you didn't read every single? You didn't read every single book? Put me down, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I read the first one, The OG, The Secret of the Old Clock. Oh, that classic. And you watched some of the TV show that just came out on the CW? I did. I watched the, uh, I watched the pilot episode. It's on the CW. And I was um, interested in Nancy Drew because we'd seen the posters on the buses and everything, and it doesn't seem like... The show is of the best. I mean, it's CW. It's not HBO. It's not Netflix. But uh, right. the Nancy Drew series as a whole is very highly regarded and commercially successful, although it is definitely directed more towards young girls. 100%. So I was not as keyed into it as a child. I remember reading a couple. There was a moment in probably like fourth, third, fourth, fifth grade. I was... Yeah. Kind of into that and the Hardy Boys. Well, yeah. I was into the old timiness of it, kind of the antiquated thing of it, the mystery kids yeah. in the 60s or 50s even. or well, no, That was just what my imagination. I, I you know, But uh, I've forgotten almost all of it. But the show is set high school. It's a year post high school. Her mom passed away from mm-hmm. cancer suddenly. Her mom and passes she, away from an oh, illness in the book series. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. Fantastic. I can't. Yeah, in some books, it's she's three years old. In other books, she's 10, I think. So her mom died very young in the books? Yeah. So like, oh, wow, okay, And she just has her dad, who's a lawyer, yeah. This seemed like the mom died rather suddenly towards the end of her high school, and then she missed all of her college applications, and so now she's in that kind of interim working in a restaurant, and that's where the whole series uh, centers around is her and the people working at the restaurant and whether or not the love interest that she's with is Mm -hmm. a murderer. (laughs) No, well, there you go. (laughs) Casual. And there's a supernatural element. Yes, there's like a a girl that was murdered 20 years ago that has been kind of the thing of of high school legend and and, and kid jokes around Halloween town in the the town. And we'll um, see, because in the book series, it was it's kind of like Scooby-Doo, where it's like there is spooky kind of stuff, but it's always discovered that it's Farmer John or it was some sort of, you know, it's not actually a ghost. Right. And I feel like they did that with the Scooby-Doo stuff in the movies, where they're like, oh, yeah, it's actually demons, or it's no, actually this. I definitely do think the supernatural version of, the, uh, of element of this is straight up supernatural. It's it's strange, and there's a voiceover through the whole thing, so you kind of get that tone of like reading a book almost. Right. Yeah. So they definitely take in elements. If you know Nancy Drew, you'll know like, oh, this is she has this boyfriend on again, off again. But they have changed a lot of the elements of Nancy Drew as I was looking up about her throughout time. And that's kind of what can be contentious in her history. Because well, I went to see what other film, you know, what other just adaptations were out there. And the moment I looked, it looked that there were just endless. 
Yeah. Um, and so I stepped away immediately uh, and said, well, this is one of those things where people are just taking shots at it. There's, yeah. the, there's the source material that's kind of unmovable, and then there anything post that, adaptation-wise, is, yeah. you know, hey, what's your spin on it? Yeah. Give it a shot. <laughs> so by the end here, we'll promise that we'll get to why should you care, why has she been so important, and why is she being made now? But to get to that, we have to start, what was the point of making her in the first place? So this was this guy, Edward Stratemeyer, who's the guy who came up with the Hardy Boys. Genius. This is, this is the female counterpart to that. And he saw that girls were picking up the Hardy Boys, and he said, oh. I mean, he was a bit misogynistic to begin mm -hmm. with, but he saw money, and good on him for being like, well, girls need something to read from a girl. I'll sell to them. Yeah. <laughs> So exactly, that's that's what he was all about. He's like the, one of the most prolific authors, publishers of all time because he also did the Tom Swift series. He, that was his thing, was coming wow. up with big serieses with hundreds of books coming out once a month, how did pricing he do? How did he do all this? How? Yeah. So he gets like a concept, but then is he... So he is the one... Staffing writers? He like and his... Yeah, so he and his two daughters were coming up with the outlines... And then he would get ghost writers to write under a single name. So Carolyn Keene is the name for the Nancy Drew books, but it was 28 different people who wrote those books over time. Hold and on, wait. Carolyn Keene doesn't exist. No, Carolyn Keene is a apparition, as are <laughs> the, you know, I, I don't have the authors of the Hardy Boys, but Hardy Boys, Tom Swift. Oh, you know, God. all the different ones that he had done, they just go under one we name and it makes it a lot. Delete this. We can't, we can't uncover this. <laughs> Delete this right now. We're going to shatter people's. People are going to be riot in the streets. Like, the Hardy Boys, are you real? Nancy Drew's a lie. I love Carolyn King. I love Carolyn King. Well, so who you actually love, because uh, the first person was named, and this is a classic 1930s oh, name, Mildred Benson. Oh, Mildred, baby. I think she wrote like the first 20 or so. She wrote a good majority of the first ones wow. coming out. And uh, she was this wild lady. She earned her degree in English from the University of Iowa in 25 and three years. She returned to the university and became the first student to earn a master's degree in journalism you go, at girl, the University wow. of Iowa as a woman in the 1920s. That's amazing. She lived in Toledo, Ohio. This was her thing. She wrote under a dozen different names for all sorts of different publications. So she wrote the first 20? Or so, yeah. Or so. Yeah, yeah. Or, spar or she, sparsed yeah. in thereabouts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. Okay. Uh, and... Do so, we know who wrote, like, specifically? Which ones? Yeah. We do know now, yeah. But she was the one who really is credited with creating the character. Because like I said, this right. Edward Stratemeyer of the Stratemeyer. He's like, wow, we got Hardy Boys. What? Boys, we got to get a girl in here. <laughs> so yeah, then, girl. And she's got to do this you. and this and this. Yeah. And, get in there. And this is the mystery that she, that he puts out. And then she is credited because she did a lot of crazy stuff herself. She was an adventurer. She took numerous trips oh, to Central America. She's she, the real Nancy Drew. Yeah. She traversed the jungle in a Jeep. Turn she canoed down rivers. She flew, air, she flew airplanes, witnessed archaeological sites. She was all about it. She was like, wow. So this is where Nancy Drew at the beginning, she's very, very headstrong and very, very, you know, on her stuff, on mm -hmm, her mission. Mm -hmm. um, and this is where people cite her as a early formative influence where they're saying, oh, yeah, she encouraged me to take unconventional roles because this was bizarre for the 30s 
when it came out into the 50s to I mean, have yeah, this she woman. sounds like Indiana Jones. Always. Yeah. <laughs> she and, I mean, it's, it's interesting to think about because we don't think about it now, but it was like she owned her own car, which was a blue convertible, and had mechanical Ooh. skills to Ooh. fix it and drove around Ooh. on her own. And it was unheard of that she would just like do that as a woman. That's awesome. And the love interest character, Ned, is not really a focal point ever in the original before they started doing all these crazy offshoots and everything. So Ned is not in the in the in the No, he is, but it's like they're kind of a thing, but it's never like the focus is romance or what their relationship is or are they going to break up? And they could be dating okay. other people at times, but they're He is the main love interest in the in the new show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this comes about later in her wild offshoots that they tried to change things up as the years went on. Interesting. Okay. But in the original she is not. And this Mildred Benson, her identity wasn't revealed until 1980. Wow. There was a court case no. involving the- Was pub- she still alive? Yeah, yeah. Okay. There was a court case involving the publishers because another writer was trying to claim credit in the Library of Congress for some of the Nancy oh. Drew books that he wrote. And they were like, you cannot disclose based on your contract and this and that. And they won. But in order to provide testimony- because the daughter of Stratemeyer was saying that she wrote all of them and they had proof or they had to have the actual people. And so Mildred had to come forward and be like, yeah, I wrote these ones. And then it was revealed that she kind of did all the dirty work of getting the character to how Nancy Drew ended up being personified. Oh, wow. That, that sounds like a good documentary. Yeah, that happened in 1980. And uh, it wasn't until 2001 she won the Edgar Allan Poe Award for mystery writing, and she was 96 years old. Oh, and then she died a year later. Oh. Yeah. Um, what a fairy tale storybook ending. And in an interview I saw, if you're interested in her favorite Nancy Drew, since there's over 100 mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. them, it's the second book, The Hidden Staircase, Ooh. which that's the one that she says she liked writing the most and she thinks is the best one. Okay. So that's good. the one I'd, I'd go for. But like I said, there are 27 other people that were involved in making this thing. And some just as wild people as her, there was this guy, Charles Strong, who I found an article, which I'll link to in the show notes, because it was absolutely bizarre when I saw it. The title of the (laughs) article of this guy, and this is like the only thing I could find about him, it said, Long Island Man Kills Shark from Airplane. Whoa! And he's this—he's just this. (laughs) Not cool. It's an endangered species. I don't know how to feel about it. (laughs) I wish it was me in a video game, but it's real life, and I'm conflicted. He—it's—it's uh. Then the subtitle was Charles G. Strong, adventurer, uses machine gun in thrilling new sport. (laughs) And he's just this insane dude who is all over the world adventuring, (laughs) doing millions of things, and he wrote one Nancy Drew book. For some reason, uh, the little byline for the article, which I just have to read to you, is Charles Strong has traced a lost colony of the old Norse civilization, taken part in a mapping expedition over northwestern Canada with the Royal Air Force, led a party across Finland from the northern end of the railway, and shot a shark with a machine gun from an airplane. He is an honorary police commissioner in Norway and a hero in Sweden. And he's from Long Island, and he wrote a Nancy Drew book. He might be the most interesting man in the world, actually. (laughs) Like, I've never thought that about anyone. But that's really fascinating. Yeah. Read this article. It's bizarre. So, so many different people, that's the point of, of, of my rant here, contributed to her and who she is. 
But like I said, Ed, this Ed Stratemeyer and his daughters ran the outlines, mm-hmm. and then these people fleshed out the manuscripts, and then they ended up editing them. Okay. And then yeah. when did that begin to change? So in the 50s, Harriet, who is his daughter, started actually writing the manuscripts for most of them into the 80s. Oh, and in okay. an interesting twist, tying back to our, one of our other episodes about Judy Garland, this Harriet lady died in 1982 while watching The Wizard of Oz. She had a heart attack. Oh, um, skipping down that yellow brick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so basically what happened was between 30 and 59, Nancy has graduated at 16 in the, in the story because you were allowed to do that in high school. My, Her father's my mom a lawyer. graduated early. Who did? Her school, my mom, she was, her yeah. school was set up strange where she was like, basically was, it was, she just finished it all early. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You just did it. They <laughs> just gave her work. the stuff and she just finished it early. I don't know how, I don't know. I'm glad we don't do that anymore, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But, well, Nancy Drew did. And uh, <laughs> I, like I said, she, to me, she seems a lot like Mildred. And there was an editor who repeatedly asked Mildred to, in her words, make the sleuth less bold. Nancy said became Nancy said sweetly, she said kindly, and the like, all designed to produce a less abrasive, more caring type of character. Because hmm. it was not popular for this girl to take charge. And I found even interestingly also how they curbed it. in the artwork, the first guy who did the artwork is named Russell Tandy. He did the first 26 or so volumes, and he did the original logo with her with the flashlight. Mm, okay. And these covers often portray her with confident, assertive body language. Mm-hmm. She's not shocked or scared in any of them, like you would imagine a lot of these, you know, No, she's penny like novels. in control. She's, yeah. she's very commanding. And, and she's shown either in the center of the action or actively, but secretively investigating. She's often observed by a menacing figure, but she is in control of the situation. She still looks like she knows what to expect mm-hmm. next. Yeah, and I'll post a link to an article that I found kind of analyzing the different covers and whatnot, which I thought was interesting. But I'll also post, because it's in 28 different languages, I think they adapted it to, 28 to, you know, 40. Wow. Different languages. And there's changes in the covers and changes in the titles. And I found an interesting website where they compare, like you can click on Sweden and you can click on Italy mm-hmm. and you can click on Portugal oh, wow. and Russia really? and see how it they've changed the, differences. Oh, wow. the perception of her in different cultures as well, which I thought was wild. What was the most striking difference? Or what was one that was interesting? I mean, they don't make her look like the fashion of the, of the places. And some of the titles are not as shocking and some of them are way more colorful or abstract. You know, like you see those old like Polish or oh, Russian yeah. movie posters and it's like, that's not really what the right. artwork was. Right, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, that would, that'd be really cool. I might check that out. But this, this, uh, this guy had a house fire in 1962 that destroyed all the originals no. and all the sketches and everything. So the dust jackets for the original Nancy Drew books are worth an awful lot. Uh, because that's the only artwork that exists out there of these is from the actual books that got published in that time frame. That's a tragedy. So, But over time, some people might argue that she becomes more in peril as the books progress and less in control of the situation. Oh, really? Or is less able to solve the mystery. And so, like you said, where does this take us? So this takes us from the 30s into the 50s. 
and then into the 60s. And so in 59, they changed and revised. So like the book that I read is not the original Nancy Drew Secret of the Old Clock from the 30s. It's the one that got it updated in 59. So they revised and changed a lot of stuff, including removing a lot of like racist or stereotypical stuff. They edited it, but this is controversial because they didn't just change the stereotypes. They basically just removed non-white characters. So instead of it having it be a black maid in the house, it's just a white maid. Oh. Very strange. Very odd. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes me feel away. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't like it. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, I guess they were just trying to update, I mean, maybe change what Mildred had done with it. Cause this is a product of her time, but like, right. like I said, like they also changed her personality and tamed her down a little bit, made her more of the damsel in distress. She's more respectful and agreeable to male figures. And this goes on through the sixties and seventies and into the eighties. That's odd. seems that the longer it goes, the lesser of those striking initial qualities mm -hmm. prevail. It's odd. It goes slipping the other way. It's like obvious to me that this, those are the defining characteristics. Mm -hmm. of, and so why would you lean out to create drama? I'm, I don't know. Yeah. And then this is, it's strange because now we're getting to, in 1986, when they got sold, they had three different offshoots. The Nancy Drew Files, Super Mystery, where she combines with the Hardy Boys, and then Nancy Tight. Drew on campus. And these are much more sexual. There's romantic. I was about to say, that sounds... Like a porno. Yeah. And the in the covers, she's wearing swimsuits. There's men in the background. Like it's it's like these you when know, Harlequin this? romance. This is in the eighties. Okay. Yeah. Um and this only lasted for a decade. There was a mass cancellation of all of these offshoots in ninety seven. And if you remember from the Joker episode that we just did where they said that you could call in to see if Robin would die. Uh-huh. The on campus portion of the Nancy Drew on campus series. They had an 800 number and they you could call in and vote whether Ned should be her boyfriend or not. Oh, really? And they voted no. Oh, so they lost. broke up. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder um, how that fares for him in the new show. Yeah. He might be a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we get all the all the strange stuff with her and they're trying all these different things. And like she's much more there's much more violent things. She's much less in control. She gets chloroformed and chokeholded and like <laughs> she can't deal with stuff like she could. I mean, she's a boss. Like in the book that I read, she's the right. one f being like, I'm gonna solve this, I'm gonna figure this out. And it's also much less violent and gruesome. There's not really murder per se mm -hmm. in a lot of these earlier ones so then like i said that all got mass canceled the actual series the main series ended in 2003 and they started girl detective which is more modern and then that that got canceled. real creative yeah that got canceled <laughs> in 2011 it was in first person she was kind of a dunce not really very able to solve crimes uh, and then they picked it up again in 2013 with the Nancy Drew Diaries. And this is much more tween. She's less perfect, doesn't really solve things, gets scared easily. It's very strange. I think they're trying to imbue her with more of a flawed personality, which is interesting but like to talk about because it's like we're not used to that as a character trait to be like, oh, this person is impenetrable and she doesn't stop and she doesn't give up and she is a superhero ideal of what a young woman could be. Right. 
not she gets scared. Like, she doesn't get scared, and that's why we like her. That seems so strange. I mean, she's supposed to be, I mean, like Mildred, fixing her car, or drive, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder what it is. I wonder what that shift is, and I wonder what happened at, behind the right. Whose idea was was this, you know, to, to push it in one, one direction like that? I don't know, because, like, looking at it 2020 hindsight, it's... It's just like those are the defining characteristics of what Nancy, what stands Nancy Drew apart, and why I think that young, uh, young people uh, attach to it is because they make you feel like there's a way out of wherever you are, wherever, who, however you feel about yourself. Uh, if you never, everything you never thought you could be, Nancy Drew showed you you could do anything. Yeah, you know she's. This is a step in in a direction of showing that there is a a. A path out there that that your that your life, especially as a young girl, doesn't have to be what some guy tells you it has to be. Mm-hmm. And like, it gives you a vision for how you should be treated, not just what you should be doing. How to take control? How to be respectful and when to, but definitely how to. Um, and I mean. So if you're not exemplifying characteristics and showing the moments in which somebody can implore the better parts of themselves or their best judgment and put some sort of, you know, moral to the test, then then what are you presenting? It's it's hard to strike that duality and I don't think we're comfortable with that anymore or realizing like this is why she appeals to so many people in that time in your life when you're looking for that guidance. Right. And and I think it's, I mean, it's a young adult, it's a young, it's young adult material. I mean, it's not like you, you, if you didn't read this as, as a child, um, then, you know, you're not going to pick it up now and go, well, this is the most riveting thing I've read this year. (laughs) You know, it's, you've got to put yourself back into the mindset of who it was meant for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was a, a quote that I found in an article that said, as I said about the the duality of it, sh- it shows you that you can have dependence and independence without drawbacks. Like she's still eighteen, she's still under her father's roof. Right. She can have help. She can help disadvantaged people and be successful in society and not be downtrodden. She can be elitist and democratic. She can be a child and an adult. She can be a liberated woman and beholden to her family you know like you you to have those balances and those contradictions that sounds more like a whole person to me is we have responsibilities to the people in our lives and we're stuck in positions i mean between a rock and a hard place Mm -hmm. am i right but i you know that that's it that's but that is how you can start to make it more real i mean it's that's how people relate is when they when you see oh yeah i I feel like this in this relationship, but with that relationship, I feel like this, whatever that, as a young person trying to navigate all of this, and especially for when this stuff was written, these original books, I can only imagine the impact they must have had on every little girl that picked them up. Yeah. So just Um, some names, Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court Justices Sandra Day O'Connor, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Sonia Sotomayor, Oprah Winfrey and Barbara Walters, Barbara Streisand, actresses Ellen Barkin and Emma Roberts, Hillary Clinton, Laura Bush, the president of the National Organization for Women, Karen DeCrow. They all said that this character encouraged them to take on unconventional roles 
in their lives. And even now, in 2002, which was the latest that I could find this information, the first book, the one that I read, The Secret of the Old Clock, sold 150,000 copies, which put it in the list of top 50 children's books. Wow. Uh, And I found that the whole series is the ninth best-selling book series of all time. Of course, Harry Potter beats it out. Goosebumps beats it out. Big ones. But Nancy Drew beats out, yeah. Nancy Drew beats out Fifty Shades of Grey, Chronicles of Narnia, The Hunger Games, Game of Thrones, Winnie the Pooh, beats out Hardy Boys, oh, wow, and yeah. James Bond. So, oh, man, no yeah, way. Beat yeah. James Bond. Look at that. Yeah, I mean, it's. I didn't realize how huge she was and how much of an influence that, that energy in reading these things. It's interesting. She's in the top ten, and the Hardy Boys aren't. Yeah, they're down there in like Look at the that. 20s. Because it's yeah. in my mind. It's not really surprising that she's in the top 10, but I almost want to play, you know, I want to be like, well, she's in the top 10 and Hardy Boys are right there. Mm-mm. But no. <laughs> no. It's, it's really interesting. That's an, that's an interesting, I wonder, and I wonder what the what the optics are between demographics, between boys and girls and who read what i mean i think the divide should be clear but i wonder what the what some numbers yeah. about that well really if you're if you're are. listening to this and you're like i read nancy drew you guys are morons that don't know anything about this i have 19 of these send show us, us a, what for yeah send us a message and be like hey y'all missed out <laughs> uh at illiterate pod on instagram but that yeah we want to know i mean i didn't even really read the hardy boys I read a couple. I can't remember anything from them. I read at least one of each. So then here we come to the interesting crossroads, which is like you said, if this is so influential and so iconic to so many people, of the six feature films, three television shows, and four television pilots, why doesn't it work as a TV show? Or what is going to happen with this CW thing? Yeah, there's not like a definitive adaptation of this. No television show featuring Nancy Drew has lasted longer than two years. Is there, there's no piece of like, this is the one to watch. This one, of course, this one. No. There's not one. There's not one at all. And it started out so soon. So in 1938. Yeah, they've been doing this (laughs) the entire time. Everybody's been trying, as far as the films are concerned. In 1938, there were four B-movie films, completely the opposite of the books. She's ditzy, she's absent-minded, there's gruesome murders that they have to solve. (laughs) (laughs) Did not do well. And then there's the 2007 Nancy Drew with Emma Roberts, where it's kind of like fish out of water, time out of place, like she's pretty old-fashioned, wearing plaid skirts, going from this rural town to live in Los Angeles How odd. and solving mysteries. And it's like they pluck the Nancy Drew from the 50s and put her in modern times. There's a 2019 film that came out that Ellen DeGeneres produced, and it's got the gal who was, from the, it, who right? was Bev in It. Yeah, I'm working with her right now. How about that? Yeah. Look at Evan. Um, yeah, look at me, just hitting it. <laughs> Knowing all these people. <laughs> but yeah, this is another one. That, why did they do that and then have a TV show come out? Eight months later, who knows? But the 2019 one, she's like this hipster skateboarding girl in a small town. I mean, I'll put a trailer in the show notes, but she didn't seem like the Nancy Drew that we're talking about. And she's still in high school, not able to be on her Yeah, I didn't look into that one. It it was uh, direct to DVD. 
Right. So, um, and then as far as, and yeah. not in a good, not yeah. in a like, you couldn't go in theaters kind of way, you know, or like, <laughs> yeah. it's, n- it's not a good kind of way. And the, um, yeah, I was surprised because the TV shows make it even more bizarre. It's like, that's like, okay, we get it. We're trying to make her, we're trying to adapt. Yeah, I was actually shocked times. the first scene of this one. The uh, the TV shows started out with a Hardy Boys Nancy Drew mysteries from seventy seven to seventy nine on ABC. I would I'm say in if, for it. If you are to pick one, that's most faithful. name a more iconic mashup. <laughs> if you really wanted one that's more to the spirit of the character and the tone and the smaller style mysteries, it would be this one. I'll post Thank a link. God, okay, yeah. Good. I'll post oh, okay, a link. Great. It's so seventies, but there's a, they put them no, up on YouTube. That's great. That's perfect. <laughs> but I'll post a link to one. It's got to um, be antiquated in some way. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, if I in, if I was going to do it, I would just, I would put it in the time. Yeah. I would just make it in the time. I don't know. I don't, why are we trying to make her a skateboarding hipster? Why are we trying to give her a millennial, you know, cancer ridden mother? Because when I'm reading the books, I'm reading it and she's saying yes, ma'am, and going to the department store and like doing 1950s things. She's that's like, more. No. In, um, that's kind of more interesting to me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like yeah. A, I want, I want a character, and her being where she is. A writer decided that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was that, and and antiquated is good for this material. Yeah. I feel so that did not work the 77 to 79 one because they alternated between the Hardy boys and her. And then in the second season, she was just a supporting person. And then in the third season, they just did the Hardy boys. She wasn't even in it. And then they canceled the whole. Oh God. So then in 1995, like you said, really dragging the whole show (laughs) down. (laughs) Better just do the Hardy boys. What if she was just horrible to work with? (laughs) (laughs) That's why. she uh, She was lovely. Next season. No, so then in 1995, they tried to do – but she was a 21-year-old criminology student in an upscale New York apartment. This was on the WB. What? They tried to again pair it with the Hardy Boys, but they got canceled halfway through the first season. Good Lord. Did not work. And then 2019 is this show, and who knows how successful that will be. I mean, I gave it a, I gave it a shot. I have to say, out of all the CW shows – the look here is, it has a little bit more of a film look. They have some shallow focus going on. I've, at least in that element, I was I was pretty uh, I was pretty shocked to see. It's it, yeah. it looks a little more attained to, which I didn't expect. Now it dips in and out of television, but it it was it seems like they are trying to put some real atmosphere on. It. And I think for Halloween for October, I think it's worth a shot. It's just the right dash of spooky. It's not. It's you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's got, and this was shocking, it has sex in it. Well, it is interesting how we said that, like, (laughs) maybe it's better, like we talked about with other stuff, to, it's okay to adapt it to the time and it can be integrated into what's going on now and fit a cultural... I want to see what it has to say. I've let, yeah. I'm, I've seen the first episode and I'm in. I've watched half of the second one. I'll finish it after the sh- after we uh, finish the show here. But I think yes, if you want to talk about something specific to now, no. if you want, if this character can somehow tell me, show me, make me feel something about what's going on around us right now. Awesome. Being a woman in 2019. Fantastic. There's a, a thousand ways you can go with this. They're definitely were trying to update it to make it fresh. So, but it's not making a you know any kind of over you know overtures to where it's heading with with its overall theme. theme but I think mm-hmm. the room is totally there. Um, so, 
Yeah. It would be a waste to not do that. And ultimately, it would feel really unfounded to not have some sort of take on all of the issues surrounding women right now. Yeah. Right now. And and if anybody can say anything about it, maybe Nancy Drew can. Does the character feel like I've described the ones in the books being confident and assertive and in control and taken seriously and valued their opinions and all of that? She seems like somebody who has pissed a lot of people off. Right. um, And her life has kind of skidded off the road. And she's dealing with the insecurity of she was somebody who had things under control. She's not anymore, but she still is that same person. Perhaps that is what it's ultimately trying to say is that, like, you didn't change. Mm-hmm. You know, th- things happen and you get through it. What, what I'm waiting to see. But, like, ultimately, how do you deal with major grief, major struggle and yeah. still feel like you're the same person? And ultimately, you're not, but maybe you are, like... I, I think that that is where it's headed with whatever it's got to say. I just don't know exactly mm-hmm. what it is yet. But but I think it could go far more specific into the women aspect of it. But I yeah. don't know. We'll see. That brings us to kind of the, the, the premise that we set up at the beginning of the episode. What is the interesting part about Nancy Drew? And why does she capture so many hearts and minds? Which maybe the show will or will not fulfill in defining her character, which is a bit of a paradox in and of itself, is that she's interesting because she's neutral. Why is she so great? And in this article that I read, they were saying most of the Nancy Drew readers have two things in common. They have fond memories of the books and an amnesiac inability to remember anything about them. Not hmm. just because there's Me. so many, but they're saying it was never Nancy's personality that shone. It was her skills. Mm-hmm. Readers in the 1950s would have seen her usefulness and her abilities as being subversive. And that was enough. And you could project yourself onto her. She was doing stuff. And maybe Nancy Drew is unrevivable or rebooting her is like rebooting an element of your childhood that you were experiencing it in that moment. And maybe it's not that great, but it fits into the time in your life when it was great. Maybe. And and going back to another episode of ours, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Mm -hmm. that is an example of an adaptation that went for a version meant for the exact same age group that the books were meant for. Uh, It does not try to be an R-rated film. It goes for an appropriate tone and does it well. Mm -hmm. Um, So... The clock is out on this. They're only two episodes into Nancy yeah. Drew. So, do you think that people will be able to see her? She, they, they go right out of the gate saying, "This ain't your mom's Nancy Drew," because <laughs> yeah. she is hooking up with her boyfriend. Scene one, yeah. um, and and you kind of have to buckle up right away. You just okay, well, show me what you got and strap it on tight. Yeah, uh, it it the show is is. It goes really hard real quick to get you up to speed about this isn't what you think it quite is. Right. Yeah. Like the appeal of the old Nancy Drew is that she isn't the every woman. She's the archetype. You can't do everything that Nancy Drew can. Maybe you can't fix a car. Maybe you can't pilot a speedboat. Maybe you can't do this stuff, but you, you can imagine yourself in her sensibilities. Maybe you could. In this, in this, that's show. what I mean. Yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah. just gives all it has to do is give you the idea that maybe you could. Yeah, well, that's I, good I, enough. Yeah, I found this is beautiful. In the 1932 book, Nancy's mysterious letter at the very end, she says, "I have solved some mysteries. I'll admit, and I enjoy it. But I'm sure there are many other girls who could do the same." 
Hmm, there we go. So that's the whole embodiment of Nancy Drew. That's perfect. Yeah. This has been a blast. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah, thank you. Hit us up at Illiterate Pod on Insta. Let us know what you're watching. Let us know what you're reading. And let us know if we got Nancy Drew right. <laughs> let yeah, us what know are your what thoughts? for. All right, all right. We'll see you all, hear you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>